This podcast could potentially have adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly the possibility of sexual content. <clears throat> Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Drinking with Authors. I am your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the incomparable Bo Lake. <laughs> and I just have decided I want to use the word incomparable today. So that's where I was going to slide that in. Um, and our guest today is the ultra amazing Marie McKenzie. <gasps> Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. So in some some old school drinking with author swag, you can tell it's old school because some of the stuff is worn off from using it for three years. Um, but I have because it's midday, I decided that I needed to be, you know, a little it's actually just a vodka cranberry <laughs> in the middle of the day, because that's what one should do in the middle of one's day. Um, Bo, what are you drinking, my friend? I am drinking a Starbucks double shot energy energy drink because I have a baby and a puppy and I'm not getting any sleep. <laughs> I don't know why you did that to yourself. Not the baby, the puppy part at the same yeah. time. The baby, but whatever. <laughs> um, Marie, what are you drinking today? I am just drinking something light white wine from Bear Peak Ranch in California. It's a little Chardonnay. Ooh, yeah. that sounds nice. That sounds refreshing, crisp. I should have done white wine. I have some of my white wine. Okay, anyway, we're vodka <laughs> cranberrying it. We're happening. Okay, Marie, so for anybody out there that doesn't know what you write, what do you write? Well, my first book was my memoir. So that's what I, where I started in 2021. And then I went into romantic suspense. There are some how-to books I co-authored with others. Wow. So, so you are you are a recent fledgling author, so to speak. Yes. What made you decide to take the plunge? <laughs> well, I was navigating my Facebook page and there was an ad for 30-day writing challenge by Nelena Kai. She's an amazing author. And uh, I just responded. Never thought of writing a book prior to that. I responded. She had a Zoom meeting. Oh. That night that we were, they were talking about writing a memoir or a self-help book. And I was like, okay, I don't know enough to write a self-help, so I'll do a memoir. So that's where my writing journey started. So my, it was written in 30 days and we went through editing and re-editing and right, you know, the process. Mm -hmm. And then I self-published in June of 2021. Oh, wow. 30 wow. days for your first book is amazing. Yeah. yeah, she, she like wheeled the whip. She wheeled the whip pretty hard. <laughs> I was going to say, you're like superhero status with that because, wow, that is really, really cool. So, what made you decide to do um, your memoir first? What, like, what drove you to do that? Because that was a theme that night oh. when the third day writing challenge. So, it had some um, trigger. Uh, let me say trigger warning sexual assault experience in my childhood so that's where the book was born I remember one thing she said if it's a painful memory don't write it at night and the night after I got off the zoom I started writing the book because the floodgates just opened and everything 
came back. And as I told my editor, I could still see and smell and hear and feel everything. It's, you don't forget. <laughs> the memories are vivid. What, I, I, if you don't, um, you could, obviously this is your podcast, you don't have to answer anything. And we, we are in, a, in a, uh, an area that's very sensitive talking about some of the stuff that you just discussed. But I'm curious, was it very cathartic for you putting it into words? Like actually, I'm sure potentially you've talked about it with people or whatever in the past, but I, I think it's like different when you, when you write it down and especially when you then go, here world, I'm sharing this piece of me with you, right? And that's the exact word I use, it's cathartic. Because for many, many years, I didn't speak about it until I was probably my 40s. Mm-hmm. And I, although I had shared about other episodes, you know, but with very small amount of people where that particular incident, which start, um, the book began with, I hadn't shared with anyone till late in life. I shared it with my aunt. That was the first time. The first time it was shared publicly was a, I was a guest on a podcast because I'm a sexual assault nurse examiner. And someone saw my bio and invited me on the podcast. So then I shared the episode with my family, who most of them were hearing about it, with the exception of that aunt, who had since passed before this book came out. No one else in my family knew. So that was like crazy surprise for them all. But writing the book was like, here world, here it is. And that was like... What was... You know, I, I think it's fantastic that you shared it because I think um, sharing uh, trauma things um, does help other people that maybe haven't um, come to a certain point on their journey with their trauma and um, knowing that you're not alone, you know, because there's a certain voice and a certain thing that comes along with your background, all these things like that, that goes and lends itself to something. So I think that's amazing. Um, what was it like knowing that your family now knew about this and now the world knows about this? So with my family, I'm good. I felt good that they finally knew. I learned other things and um, other pedophiles I learned about after releasing the book. I learned about other victims that I had known about in my family And uh, yes, so it was like a real eye-opening there too. And what I love most, um, there are members of my family who really embraced me for sharing the story. Others who shared theirs because I shared mine, shared with me, not publicly as I did. And that's okay because the healing process starts for that person or persons there. And I'm glad for that other friends and strangers who reached out to me after reading and hearing about my story. So that was awesome too. So that was going to be my next question for you. And then Bo, I'm going to legitimately let you ask a question because I know I've just, I've realized I've been on one of my tears again and I get excited. Always, always. Always, I do, I get excited. (laughs) Um, What has that been like getting the feedback from people you've never met before that have now read your book? Well, I'm very, I feel rewarded. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but I feel 
good that I'm helping others. You know, one um, healthcare professional who told me, oh, I recommended that as a resource for group therapy. So that was huge. And um, the Florida Authors and Publishers Association, I won a silver medal in the education ca category. So oh, that's wow. another huge, yes. That's amazing. Yes. That's amazing. And the reviews have been great. And just to know that it's helping others. And um, since releasing the book, last year I became a coach for survivors of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. So that's another that's amazing thing. That's so awesome. That's very awesome. Okay, Bo, I'm, I'm gonna stop. I'll let you ask questions now, sorry. <laughs> you said you also wrote romantic, romantic suspense. What made you decide to try that genre? Well, through Nelena Kai, I um, became a member of the NK tribe called Success. That's a group of authors who collaborate, share and mentor each other. So this series, 90 Days of Pleasure, it's my first uh, romantic suspense, is born out of one of her books. Um, oh my gosh, Open Door Marriage. So this is based on the same couple. So it's mm -hmm. nine book in the series, but they are independent. And I wrote about 90 Days of Pleasure. And it's about this younger NBA player who fell in love with this older woman. And so she was a little uncomfortable about the age difference and he strives to soothe their affairs and get, get that. So that's how that came about. I love the concept of like having a group of authors and all like collaborating on a series. Yeah. I have, I've always wanted to find a writer's group like that. And that's amazing that you had that support to help you decide what like genre you were going to try. What is your favorite romantic trope? Wow, well, why did you ask the hard question, Bo? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love to stump people. I love to stump people. Well, she stumped me. I never... <laughs> Maybe I'll come back to that one. Is there a genre you'd like to try to write but haven't uh, had the opportunity yet? Um... Christian fiction. Mm -hmm. Yes. Christian oh. romance fiction. Is that on your list for the next book? No, it's not the next book. But it's kind of, <laughs> I'm going to dive into that. Okay. Right? Well, what's the next book, my friend? Being all secretive like. What was that? Was well, we're working, we're working on another series. Mm -hmm. And I also have a Christian an inspirational book where we take Bible characters and fictionalize their story and then parallel our real life mm -hmm. to that. So working on that too. Wow. So you just went from zero to 90 here or 120. Yeah. Like, did you intend to do that when you started this? You were like, I'm going to no. write the Facebook post. I thought this I was cool. By the way, now I'm going to do is write full time all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> now I started with the memoir and I thought that was going to be it's but then you know you're in the the uh, nurturing environment so it's and everybody's sharing and encouraging and supporting like or my memoir was a number one amazon bestseller mm -hmm. because everybody collaborated and shared it and promoted it and 
that that was it's an amazing group of people. I think that's fantastic that you found that because not everybody on their writing journey has that opportunity to find a very <coughs> excuse me wow that came on suddenly very supportive um writing community to be a part of like i think the writing community in general is very supportive unfortunately like any community in the world there are those people that are just not necessarily um positive towards yeah. your writing journey and stuff and it sounds like not only did you just come in and you're like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna just write this book in 30 days fine and i'm going to do this really good and i'm gonna just write another book right now too and by the way i'm gonna have this epic writing group too like seriously it's like oh like wow all the pieces falling into place yeah and they're amazing i remember someone from my childhood took issue with contents of my book and attacked me on facebook no oh, yeah. oh yes i did not respond but the tribe chew her to pieces yeah <laughs> now, facebook yeah you know what the thing about social media that i wish would change is that not that we don't have, I mean, people jokingly call them Karens and stuff like that. I call them Karens and Brian's in real life. Although <laughs> my mom's name was Karen. So I guess I should be careful with that. She wasn't really a Karen. Um, but, you know, you have these people that very few in real life will be as belligerent as they will be on a social media platform. Yes. And it's just stupid. And I love that your tribe attacked them because like, that's dumb. You don't even have to do anything. Just let the other side <laughs> just come at them for you, which I think is fantastic. Um, so uh, let's talk about like, what are your kind of goals as a writer? Now that you've decided to go beyond one book and you're like, I'm going to do this and that, because I realized by the end of this year, you'll have like 12 books out. So what is your over? <laughs> Oh, cool. So what happened last year, I didn't mention this yet. I was part of an anthology, which is also a number one bestseller. There are 10 coaches and we all speak about our business and our journey towards um, what we are currently doing. Like I'm a coach um, for victims of sexual assault and my program is called Are You Shut In? Silently Hurting Due to Unresolved Trauma due to sexual assault, internalizing, taking on the shame, the guilt, the anxiety, reliving the trauma needlessly. So that was my chapter in that anthology. Okay. So, and um, working on another anthology, which I'm not going to say too much about yet, but that's going to be coming up this year also. Wow, that's, that's amazing. That's super. So did you take any writing training before you decided to do this? Nope. Okay, I can't even take the, the epicness that you are right now. Like I'm just <laughs> sitting here going, this is, that's fine. That's fine, yeah. no, no training. I just landed in an amazing place with the NK tribe called Success. Have you that's... written all your books in 30 days? No. <laughs> <laughs> After that first one, you're like, no, no, yeah. not doing that No, but again. that wasn't a chat. <laughs> the others were not a challenge. Mm -hmm. The first one was. So what, how, so you are, you have a, a, a job um, doing uh, the counseling and stuff like that. And you're a nurse. So is that what your profession has been growing up? Yeah, I always wanted to be a nurse. Um, when I was growing up, my aunt in Jamaica, my idol, she was a registered nurse and I always wanted to be like her. So after I migrated to the United States, I got the opportunity 
So while I was writing my memoir, I was a night shift emergency room nurse. Wow, that had to have its own level of adventures. Yes, 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 yes. You know, it's funny is um, you watch hospital TV shows and then you look at, um, they make it seem very dramatic, but I, I know it's intense because obviously you get all kinds of emergency type situations and then you get those people that aren't really emergency type situation. You get the Karens and the Bryans that come in with something that's not actually wrong with them, um, which is true. But uh, I always see the TV shows and they make it seem like that. And then I, when I've been in the emergency room, I always feel like it's actually pretty calm. Like the nurses and doctors keep it pretty calm. You know, not that you can't have an emergency where you need help. I mean, obviously, if you have a knife sticking out of you, they're going to need to act pretty urgently on it. But you don't walk in there with noise, like the doors always busting open. Do you ever notice that? Right. You know, draw, TV dramas is the ER yeah. doors are always busting open. <laughs> yes. You know, what was it, what, what was your experience like on that? I know, weird question, but. The emergency room? Yeah. Well, I went from nursing room to the, from nursing school to the emergency room. And it was a big trauma center down in Broward Memorial Healthcare Assistant. So and we were pretty busy. Uh, I'm just like baptism by fire. Mm -hmm. I'm glad oh, I wow. had amazing mentors, mentors and leaders. Yeah, so amazing. Wow. But we have our nights where it's gunshots, <laughs> fights, fists, heart attacks, stroke. No nights where it's like toothache and stub toes, but you know, it's it's the challenge. Like when you're an emergency room nurse, anything can come through the door and you have to figure out what's causing this pain. Why is this patient not breathing? You know, why did he just slump over on the floor? So it's I love the challenge of um helping to figure out what's going on. Wow. So you're doing all that and writing. So how much time do you write during the day? It's not the same amount of time every day. And I don't have to write. I can record. Yeah. I can be in the bathroom and I'd be writing on paper or on my phone or recording. I could be driving and recording. So it's like being intentional. Mm -hmm. That's very, very cool. Okay, Bo, you have the next question before our break, my friend. Not one that's going to stump me, Bo. Oh, no, it's probably going to be one that's stump you. Bo's really good at this stuff, so. <laughs> so you talked about writing in any environment. Where do you do your best writing? My best writing, for some reason, at my dining table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my dining table, I sit there and I have an office, but most of my stuff are spread over the dining table. That's how mine is too. I have a whole office, but I'm like, I like to sit in the kitchen where everyone is around. Right? It feels, it feels very open and exactly. nice. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Like now I'm sitting in the office and I'm like, as soon as I'm finished, I'll lift the computer and walk into the dining room and put it on the table. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Okay, we will be right back with Drinking With Authors. listeners you know me eric lance you're just listening to me in the podcast that you have but guess what i'm doing something new 
Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. Okay, so we're back. So um, you chose to write romance, which are you an avid romance reader? Oh, yes. From childhood. <laughs> My mother would turn in her grave if she knows some of the things I read when I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of our parents, that's the, the case. Is I remember um, I, I was such an avid reader and my mom had uh, The Clan of the Cave Bear. I don't know if you've ever read that one, but um, it is a it's about um, it's about a girl who they made a movie about it, which was kind of terrible with Daryl Hannah. But it's about a girl that as as humans are changing from sort of what we call cavemen to sort of more present day humans things. And it's um, about a, a young girl who kind of gets abandoned and has to um, fend for herself. And then she finds a tribe, but that clan, but it's a clan of the cavemen type people not of the thing but eventually she finds somebody like her there is a lot of sex in that book like <laughs> a lot of a lot of sex in that book and um it's very um and I remember I was reading it and I was sitting in the living room and I don't know why it didn't occur to my mom the like 20 times she passed me with this book but and this wasn't this was way before the days of like Kindles and electronic readers like you had a book right and I remember finally she was like oh my god are you reading that I was like almost done <laughs> this is like me with my mom's copy of like Outlander like I was <laughs> I was reading Outlander and then she was like why are you reading that I'm like it's really good yeah and that's full of sex yeah I remember back then the books were called Beeline have you heard that be like yeah yeah and he did a lot of mills and booms and stuff like that i remember one time in high school i can still remember i we were in class and i had my textbook open and the mills and boon inside and i was reading and this guy just grabbed my book and he never gave it back to me for years i never forgot that book i relocated to the united states i found that book and i finished reading it wow <laughs> from high school <laughs> i wonder if he kept it because he really liked it like he started reading it and he was like oh i love this no story. he was like you need to pay attention in class <laughs> yes he was like trying to do you know, do the right thing for me mm. yeah wow. i thank you <laughs> yeah no you're like uh you can get away from me i know what i'm doing thanks <laughs> yeah um so but taking the, le the leap and deciding to write it, um, when you uh, decided to write it, was there anything that, um, actually, let's go back to your first book and then I'm gonna ask in the second book, similar question, which is what surprised you about writing a book? Like, 
what really kind of you went, you got and you were like, wow, I never expected this part of it outside of the marketing and stuff, which everyone gets thrown off by how much marketing you have to do when you're an author, but the actual writing of the book, what surprised you? The editing. Why do they have to find so many things to change? And, but then when you change it and reread it, it's like, oh, it's amazing, right? Yeah, Bo's also an editor, so she's, <laughs> yeah. she's I, I know she wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. Like, Bo's like, my... don't, don't look at me, don't make eye contact. Um, no, I think, I think a really good editor, I mean, you have to, again, have a really great editor who kind of gets you and can read your story and really um, help, but I mean, their job is to make your words be just perfectly beautiful because we look at the same writing all the time and you know we also put words in I don't know if you discovered that where like in your mind it was a whole story and really was one sentence that didn't make any fucking sense to anybody (laughs) at all you're like they're like you just wrote the word blue and I'm like well she was wearing a blue dress and they're like but all you wrote was was blue blue. (laughs) I always tell authors that editing is like we're a team it, we're on the same team if I'm changing something or like making a comment about something it's only because I want them to succeed <laughs> and I know it can be like you have to like put your ego aside and be like because I'm, I'm edited too as an author and sometimes I'll be like why do my editors say that <laughs> but you gotta just have to be like all right we're a team this is a partnership I gotta let it go yeah I, I have, um, I interviewed an author who lives in England. He's really funny. And he told me what he does is he'll get his edit backs back. And before even opening them, he sends a thank you email to the editor. Because <laughs> he may not want to send it after. <laughs> yeah. He thanks them. He opens it. He gets mad. He goes and has a couple drinks. And then the next day he'll go back and go and look at whatever was done. Because it is, it's it's something that's important to you. And I think just by nature, people don't like being corrected on things. Like we're, we're um, and it's, I'm about to go on a tangent here. This is something <laughs> I realized because I used morning. to do HR was my former existence, right? For 25 years, I did human resources. So I, I saw people at sometimes their absolute worst because humans. Um, yes. And you know, when you go to correct somebody or point out that somebody did something wrong, right? There's such a defense. And I realized, cause I used to volunteer a lot with schools and high schools and stuff. You're trained that you can't be wrong in school. Mm. Like being wrong, you can get made fun of whatever. You can't be willing to say a dumb idea without being ridiculed. Like I realized it's just this inherent thing that you, you know, and even in um, working and stuff, we've set ourselves up that uh, if I go, hey, did you do this thing? And you admit it, you could be fired because you admitted to me that you did this thing versus, you know, uh, staunchly defending that you didn't do the thing. Because we've just set up a society where you can't be wrong or you can't ask stupid questions or you can't whatever, you know, and it takes a lot to get people to a point where they feel like, okay, I can actually ask this person this question, or even ask that question again and again. And I think it leads, believe it or not, I'm going somewhere. This isn't just a vodka talk. 
I promise. Um, oh, in case anybody's wondering if this drive is actually going somewhere, if I'm going into a thicket, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> but I think that is part of us as writers, um, that defense about being wrong, um, not being uh, the best at something or whatever. I, I see I have a puppy that's breaking <laughs> in during the podcast. But, you know, that kind of thing where you um, go and you realize I, I can't be so it's it's so ingrained in us to be like all my words have to be perfect and everything I'm doing has to be wonderful that um, it it I think that's a, a primal part of us that makes it hard for an editor to come in and go I'm not trying to say you're wrong I'm trying to go here's <laughs> ways you way. can improve it but it, it makes it hard to have that initial conversation almost with the editor because you see all that red and you're like, oh, <laughs> flip the table, screw this. Hey, hate everybody in the world. I'm going to go get ice cream, you know? So do you see yeah. how I came back? It was a long journey, but I came back. I feel like What's, you were talking directly to me, boss. <laughs> what Nalena Kai did with the people in the challenge, she paired us up with different editors and coach. My coach and editor is JL Campbell, who resides in Jamaica, and I'm from Jamaica. So um, we sort of speak the same language to say. Um, so we kind of get each other, but the edits were severe. <laughs> no, totally. And I mean, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, you know, all that stuff. But the thing is, is that you have to have none of these emotions you pile on top of yourself yeah. to even logically look at the edits and go, I agree or disagree with this edit because you're walking in to disagree with the edits. Like you go into the situation going this, nope, they're going to be wrong. Nope. I absolutely used enough commas. I don't care. You know? And so it's, I want to yeah. Go ahead. No, go, go. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's really hard to get edits on a memoir when you're like putting out My all story. of your stuff <laughs> and then they're going in and be like, take this out, take this out or put this in. And you're like, this is my like truth. And then someone's yeah. telling me no. <laughs> when I say severe, I meant in a good way. Yeah. And then after she did her thing, I did my rewrites and then it went to Elena Kai. And she did some more, you know, but it came out, it was beautiful. You know, it, it was beautiful. I'm so proud of the work that we did. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I think it's good because they do help polish your voice. Yeah. You know, and it, it is hard, but if you can't get yourself to a mental place where you can accept and look at it. So how I did it too was I, I went through the my first edits on short stories and my, my first book I put out and I realized um, I uh, don't give a crap what the <laughs> editor changed. Now, if there's big things like there's comments, I wanna go in and address like if I need to fill in something or I didn't, you know what I mean? Like I need to flush some part of the story out or be more concise on some part, I totally fine. But when it comes to comma and grammars and stuff like that, I just go and go, okay, what do I need to look out for? What am I doing that I shouldn't be doing? And I make a little posty note of all the stuff I need to check when I go to my next one, but I just don't care. And I accept all the, the changes and stuff like that. I, I'm at that point. And it, I'm not saying that's the best approach, but I realized it just kept, 
it kept it in a way that I wasn't, um, I wasn't like driven into the story. Like I'm looking going, okay, does this make sense? Does it not? And I'm like, what does it matter if it makes sense if I'm not using the right comma? Fine, comma. Like I literally only started looking for stuff and went, editor, tell me if I do something. Like, tell me if I need to start watching. I use the word realize. Like this was one of the things everybody realizes stuff in my story. So my first couple of stories, I use overused the word realized so many times. I realized, I realized so many things. That, <laughs> it was really bad. And so the editor was like, you have to stop using the word realized. Now, every time mm. I go to type that, whether it's a correct utilization of the word realized or not, <laughs> I literally go control F how many times did I say realized in this book because <laughs> I have a, a quotient of how many times one can realize something. You're and like, it's, 10 it's, realizes per book. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's how I have to do it. And I go, okay. And um, now I have to be careful with names because in a, the last book I did, I switched the names of a character and these characters are only usually one or two chapters in because it's... Um, a story involving uh, one night stands and stuff like that. But, um, and so, but I changed this thing. So now I'm like, okay, make sure I go back. What the hell was this person's name? Okay, so I don't do that. It's just stuff like that is that you go, okay, let me look out for things. But I just found like going through, I go, this editor knows better than I do for the most part. If you trust your editor, keep in mind, yes. me trusting my editor. Yeah. I don't want to go back through it. I don't have the time to go back through it. I'll go fix the little things you want me to fix, but I need to write other things. So do you think it made I, you a better writer? The editing? Oh, absolutely. One of the things that was... Um... Did you realize <laughs> you were a better writer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of the things that was bad with my first draft was I this, I that, I that. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize I was using so much I and that it was bad. So now when I'm reading first person books, it drives me insane because it's like every sentence is, I went here, I did that. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's first person is hard to write. I write in first person and I don't say this like I'm egoing myself. First person is hard to write. I, when I started writing, I did a lot of my writing first person and uh, my editor and stuff told me they were actually impressed. I'm not talking to talk about myself, but <laughs> I actually have a harder time writing in third person, my stuff. And I don't know why that is. I can't, but I agree with you because I read a lot of first person stuff and I go, they did this very, very, it's like, I feel like there's no like in between, like they either yeah. do it really well yeah, or they completely bad. suck. There's yeah. not people that are like, kind of like, okay, they did okay. It's like, they did first person really well, or they, I don't want to yeah. read this and it should be lit on fire. Like those are. <laughs> I find most of them very difficult to read. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's truly a skill set and one can learn like um, uh, Chuck Polnick. Um, that's his name, right? Chuck, Pol Chuck Polnick. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote Fight Club. Fight Club, the, the actual book is a brilliant first person book with a character that doesn't even have a name throughout the entire book. Mm. So whether you like the, the story or you're, you're into it or not, um, it happens to be from a studying perspective on how to write a book in first person, that book is brilliant. And the book for you, 
that the TV show is based on. Yeah, that's no, because that story is completely told in his head. Yeah. And it's from his perspective, everything people are doing in his perception of how they're doing things, which we talked about before on the show, but is from whether you like horror stories or not, like that sort of thing. It's brilliant how the, they, she did that, that the author did this because a lot of times in first person things, they still try to have third person things happen, like the other yeah. person's perspective on why they did that. And I think that's what can break first person too, is like, mm -hmm. no, it's not, this person thinks this, the entire time has to be what the person who's telling the story right. perceives yeah. the other thing to right. be. You so know? you don't switch up the point of view. That yeah. used to be that's one of I my- switch up. I have yes. to switch up and go back. I'm and so forth. guilty of that. I'm like, okay then. <laughs> Point of view, tenses, that's the other thing that gets us. Are we in present tense? Are we in past tense? Are we in both in the same sentence because we're not paying attention to what we're doing? Like, and the amazing, the amazing thing is I'll be reading books and the errors just jump out at me, but I won't see it in my books when I'm in my writing. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I'm telling you, it's because we think of what's on the page. Like, that's why they always say, to print it out or to have it read back to you. Like yes. one of the best tips is even a lot of these <coughs> word programs and stuff you can find have a thing that will read it back to you, even though it sounds robotic. But you, if you close your eyes, don't read along, close your eyes and just listen to what's being said. I'm telling you, you're gonna pause that thing so many yes. times and be like, yes. did I actually say that? <laughs> yes. Yes, like Word has a read back feature. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember the first time I had my manuscript read back to me and I'm like, I was just ignoring because I'm like, okay, no, I didn't write that. And then as it went on, I'm like, okay, let me really look. And I had written stuff that I didn't even know was there. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we do that. You forget parts of your book too. Well, that's my favorite part is people bringing up parts of your book and you're like, what the heck? I didn't write that. Or you think you wrote something. That's the other, that's my favorite. It's like, you're telling this part of the story and you want to tell about the blue dress and you're writing it and you've missed in the, half the story, but in your mind, you wrote the entire exactly. thing in <laughs> so much it. great detail. <laughs> and then your editor is like, what do you, what do you mean a girl in a blue dress? And you're like, that's an entire chapter. And she's like, no, it's not. I appreciate you. But that's just no blue. Word. It's one paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Like so, I'm reading a book, like uh -huh. I do beta reading. Mm -hmm. And I encourage authors, beta readers cannot substitute for your editors. They're not oh, the same no. thing. No. Yes. Some people try to save money and just send to beta reading. And I'm reading this book and she's talking about one thing and then another character just jumped right in the middle of, of their like, this can't go here. There's no transition, nothing, you know, just to do it. No, wow. your wow. book is not ready for beta reading yet. So that's the end of the story. Wow, wow, wow. Um, that, no, and so what do you think you do really, really well? What do I do really yeah. well? I'm a great nurse. <laughs> I'm, I'm a I meant as a writer, but I believe you are a great nurse. 
Oh, you just say, what do I do very well? So yeah. that was a broad ask. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the vodka ask. <laughs> what do you do very well as a writer? As a writer. <laughs> yeah. I find that I write, when I was writing the romantic suspense, the characters just came to me. And that was frightening at when it first happened because I had heard other authors speak of the characters coming to them. One mentioned that, oh, this person just came into my vehicle and sat down. And I was like, that's not true. <laughs> so when I was writing 90 Days of Pleasure and the first character just jumped to me and I was like, and then there are things that happened more than once, you know, so yes, I can write stories. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> do, you usually, you say <laughs> do you usually outline when you write or write like character bios? The first couple of times I didn't, but I have started to, because it um, creates a better flow, but I don't always stick to the outline. Yeah, no, that, I, you don't have to always stick. A lot of people use outlines just to at least have a, a map of kind of where to go with something. Like you don't have to stick to an outline as long as it gets you, any of these writing tips, as long as it gets you writing, that's all that matters, right? I think a lot of times, especially if you're character driven, which it kind of sounds like you are with your stuff, characters mm -hmm. sometimes disagree violently with you on what you think they should be doing and what they go and do. Like, I know a lot of people that are like, well, I was going to go left and the character just like ran to the right and then back. And they're like, where, where are you going? And yeah. then you have to go catch up to them and potentially rewrite what you already did because they're yes. somewhere back there. Like, no, no, we didn't yes. finish this. We need to go back and do that. Sometimes yeah. it's a struggle. Oh, I agree. I agree. What about, um, so what about fan reaction to your um, sexy book? I'm gonna call it sexy book because <laughs> so what about fan reaction there? I've gotten very good um, reaction from that too. Some like, some people look at the title and think it's erotica. It's not erotica. There is a little spice in it. And I always tell them that Nalena Kai, she co-authored with me. So I always say Nalena Kai wrote that part, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I need a co-author so I can blame them for things. Bo, we're actually going to do that vampire book. I'm, I'm going to blame I'm all this stuff on you. Write that down later this year. Me and you are going to do that vampire book. Okay. And then I'm I will blame everything on somebody brings up hold goes, you to it. I don't like, like this blah, blah. I'm going to be like, oh, that was Bo's idea. <laughs> she <laughs> told me. So she did the editing and she told me she was sitting on the bed and when she got to that part, she almost fell over. <laughs> she couldn't believe that. <laughs> oh my God, I love that so much. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay, um, Bo, I'm gonna I ask one more and then give you the final question, my darling. I always get the final question. <laughs> okay, well, you go first then and I'll ask the final question. She wants us to leave with a jaw drop. <laughs> <laughs> What is the hardest part about being a writer? Marketing for me. Oh, amen to that. It's a constant, constant work and you have to find creative ways. 
you know, and especially as a self-published author, it's, you know, all the expenses <laughs> belong to you, right. although all the awards belong to you, but it's, it's the marketing for me. I, I agree with that 100%. Okay, so they decide to make your biography into a movie. Who is playing you? <laughs> Who is playing me? And the first name that came to mind is Viola Davis, and I'm not sure why, because I never thought about it. Oh, I love her. Uh, I love great, her too. Though. But yeah. she, you asked the question, and that's who jumped into my head. Yes. I think she'd be perfect, because I, I think she'd be perfect in pretty much everything she does. Yes. She's so good. I think she would do it an amazing job. Very cool. Viola, we've cast you, so pay attention <laughs> for this to come to, a script to come to you soon. Okay, Marie, <laughs> shameless self-promotion time. Let's talk about your books and the titles and where to find you in your books. Things That Keep Me Up at Night is my memoir in which I share my journey from childhood sexual assault to becoming a successful registered nurse. And I pay tribute along to the people who were placed in my life to help me along the way. 90 Days of Pleasure, it's a romantic suspense co-authored with the amazing Nelena Kai. It's a part of a nine book series, but they are standalones. You don't have to read them all. Um, marketing stuff and the writing stuff like uh, it's a uh, with other authors from the NK tribe we write about how to write and market your book they're all available on amazon.com and where books are sold online on an ebook and paperback very cool and how do people find you on social I am an all social media platform even tiktok it's marie mckenzie I have a website mariellmckenzie.com Wonderful. It has been so fantastic having you on the show with us Thank today. You. I enjoyed it. I go finish my wine. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers. Okay, guys, this has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance, my amazing, incomparable. See, I did it again. <laughs> Co host has been Bo Lake. Do not forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> leave us a review, leave us comments. We do want to know what you think. Um, if you have any questions or want to send us authors or you're an author yourself and want to be on the show, don't forget to email us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com and we will see you guys next time. Thank you.